Hi, I'm Rochelle Jackson, and this is The Crime Couch. I'm an investigative journalist and true crime author, and I know who's who in the zoo. The crims, the cops, and the interesting individuals in between. So get comfy and join me here on The Crime Couch. It's going to be one heck of a journey. Former Inspector Larry Proud could be described as having a colourful background. However, that would be unfair, as his career is so much more than that. Larry was one of 32 Victoria police members charged in the infamous Beach Inquiry. He was completely acquitted and went on to work in Russell Street and St Kilda. Larry initiated the first child exploitation unit called the Delta Task Force. He was an instructor at the police academy before working in PNG, Fiji, Samoa and Cambodia. Larry returned to Australia in 1990. He held senior executive roles in domestic and international public safety and justice sector reform before retiring in 2022. Hi, Larry, and welcome to The Crime Couch. Thanks very much, Rochelle. Tell me, why did you become a police officer? Well, it was probably not the usual way, Rochelle. I, um, I was getting into a bit of trouble in Mildura when I was a 16-year-old, and my father took me to the police tent at the Mildura show, and uh, with a number of other policemen there, uh, encouraged me very heavily to join the police force, and I joined as a police cadet and started in 1971. In February 1971. So you could easily have gone the other way. That's the way it was heading, I'm afraid. Larry, you were only three years in the job when you were charged with unlawful imprisonment and assault as a result of that infamous beach inquiry in 1978. You were later acquitted. How on earth did being charged only three years in, how did that impact on you? It was a, uh, a very difficult time. Um, I was actually on bail for 12 months, um, as with a number of other police officers. And uh, actually at St Kilda, my, the officer in charge was on bail, I was on bail. Uh, my duties were restricted, and uh, then I had to go through a trial, uh, which took a great toll on my health, and uh, led to me being boarded out of the police force for quite a while. It's something you certainly don't get skilled at the police academy about. I mean... How did you deal with it, having to continue to work and with that hanging over your head? Oh, the only right way I survived is I had such great support from police command, uh, from my chief super in particular, and from my officer in charge at uh, St Kilda Police Station. I had great support from the police and from my uh, colleagues, you know, great mates, and uh, they really looked after me, so that's how I survived. The Beach Inquiry was conducted by Barry Beach QC and he was instructed to report on any evidence of police criminality. However, none of Beach's proposals were ever implemented and none of the police officers named were ever convicted. So what on earth was it about? Uh, it really emanated out of the K Inquiry of 1970 and Bertram Weiner uh, became a, uh, a bit of a crusader against police corruption, as he called it. And uh, really, it was an opportunity for the worst criminal elements in Melbourne to try and take down the armed robbers, the breakers and the consorters. And that's really what it was about. 
sounds like it was very much of a government initiative to really try to control police and control the police force. Oh, and, and many in the uh, legal profession also wanted to bring the force under control. Yeah, th- there were things that needed to change in policing, uh, as we know. And uh, Reg Jackson uh, handed over to Mick Miller and uh, Mick Miller led that uh, reform and, uh, you know, the greatest Chief Commissioner we had. What support did you get, Larry? You mentioned the Chief Commissioners, Reg Jackson and Mick Miller, and the Police Association. They were really fundamental to you getting through this very difficult time. Uh, for those around that time would remember October 1978 when uh, had the uh, threat of a police strike and we actually all met at Festival Hall. Uh, Reg Jackson addressed everyone there and encouraged everyone, you know, to just settle down and, uh, you know, take what was coming uh, with uh, professionalism and uh, we did that. In the end, it was the support we got from the Police Association who led the charge. We ended up with a fighting fund that was implemented and we really did start to take hold of our own industrial needs in the, after that meeting in 1978. So it was a very important meeting. It sounds like a real turning point for the job as well and, and the police force. Oh, absolutely. In, in a number of ways. We had a new chief commissioner in uh, Mick Miller. Mick absolutely wanted a professional organisation and he, he certainly went a long way towards that in cooperation with the police association and the members, Tom Rippon in particular, and Brian Harding and, and a number of others. And uh, it was a turning point. It was a watershed for Victoria Police. You were boarded out, as you mentioned, Larry, but you had the courage and the willingness to return to the job. How difficult was that for you? Because that must have taken a lot of courage. I went through a very difficult period, you know, mentally. You know, with the help of my wife at the time, I managed to get through that. But I... The, or the superannuation board at that time wouldn't let me come back and actually uh, had to take legal action to uh, actually get them to let me come back to work. Was it very difficult putting on the uniform again and, and going into bad again after what had happened? No, it was a breakthrough. A great relief getting back to a job I loved and going back to work, the mates, and back in a job I knew. No, it was, it was great getting back. And I bet the people that stuck with you would be mates for life. Oh, absolutely. I'll never forget my own squad mates and uh, also many uh, in the police association that took care of us. Who were some of the members that you might want to mention that did give you support, Larry? Oh, Neil Thurston, Bernie Rankin in those days. Frank Crouchy, who was a you know best mate and old squad mates. Too many to mention, but uh, they know who they are. In particular, I should mention Bert Gordian, who was the officer in charge of St Kilda. A great bloke, very strong character, and he was also uh, charged during the beach inquiry as well, so he had the own demons to uh, confront. But also the chief superintendent of the Merv Fisher always took care of my family, always made sure I was okay. You went on and you initiated the first child exploitation unit called Delta Task Force. Was this some something you were particularly proud of, Larry? I was because the two young members at St Kilda at the time, uh, Cheryl McArdle and Lindsay Atchell, uh, actually were doing a lot of work on the street with kids. They got me involved. We found uh, there was an enormous problem, but it was satisfying. We worked with the Catholic Church, St Peter and Paul's, Father Bob Maguire and Brother Alex MacDonald. And we formed the Delta Task Force. Neil Comrie was the officer in charge. 
and uh, we certainly uh, were able to uh, have a number of breakthroughs with uh, child prostitution, child exploitation and pedophiles. It was a particularly prolific time, wasn't it? It was a unit that was very much needed in those times. When you have nine-year-old and eight-year-old boys prostituting themselves at Flinders Street Railway Station in Melbourne, it was horrendous. 13 and 14-year-old girls being fed pills by uh, medical detailers and uh, uh, others. It was it was just going on. It was full blast. Nobody, nobody was taking care of it because nobody knew about it. You also worked in the academy as an instructor before you got an opportunity to work in Fiji as part of a police study tour with Monash Uni. It sounded like this changed your life. Is that Would that be accurate? Fiji in particular became a very big part of my life. Um, that study tour in 1988, I met people there that I became lifelong friends with later on. Uh, I had three tours in uh, Fiji on police projects and on justice projects and working with uh, people in Fiji. I got married in Fiji to my second wife, Isabel, and I had uh, my third eldest son was born in Fiji. And my daughter was born in Melbourne, but um, it was just a place that I have a strong affinity with, and I love the place. What do you think drew you to Fiji? Who wouldn't want to go to Fiji? <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantastic place, fantastic people. You know, what more can you want? Tell me what you got from overseas. What, what learnings and what sort of things did you acquire and what did you learn, Larry? I learnt that the world doesn't revolve around policing. Policing is a much broader church than uh, just uh, law enforcement. Um, I got involved deeply with uh, a broader law and justice agenda. In the 2000s, I uh, team leader for the uh, Australia-Fiji Law and Justice Sector Program, which was uh, dealing with five ministries and 11 agencies. I was dealing with police prisons, courts, setting up the family court, police library, uh, legal libraries, um, you know, social services, dealing with uh, homeless kids, um, dealing with youth clubs. It, it was just a, such a broad um, education about really how police integrate with the broader justice system. And it just takes your focus away from the, just that locking up crooks uh, to actually taking care of community. And how important is that too? Because that community in policing and community policing is crucial, isn't it, to really understanding how the society and the community works. If you don't understand how your community works, you're never going to be effective. And, uh, you know, long ago, Mick Miller used to get us out of the police cars, walking the beat, knocking on doors, talking to shopkeepers, you know, walking around, one up, sometimes two up, but not five up or four up. Uh, It really is a matter of um, being able to feel comfortable shaking anybody's hand. I know it's more difficult these days. Everybody's got a camera, everybody wants to complain. But somewhere we have to find a better balance these days. Larry, you also did stints with the Royal PNG Constabulary, Samoa Police in South Africa. What do you consider now your greatest achievement? I think the greatest achievement is uh, probably in Fiji setting up a comprehensive um, law and justice sector program there, you know, setting up the family court, setting up a community policing project. The uh, commissioner there at the time was Andy Hughes from the Australian Federal Police. Unfortunately, Andy's passed on, but he was a great commissioner. He was loved by Fijians. But the things he did there was absolutely fantastic and uh, I think uh, set the standard for following commissioners, even though there was military coups after that. 
How important is it, do you think, to expand your horizons in the emergency services sector? If you're working in VicPol now and listening to the podcast, what advice would you give to members that were looking at doing some stints overseas? It's just a fantastic education. Um, sometimes your own police force can become a bit of a cocoon. I used to say a number of times to senior leaders, I was a visiting fellow at uh, the Australian Institute of Police Management at the uh, uh, senior leadership uh, courses there. And uh, I used to often say that sometimes you have to get outside your comfort zone. You have to get outside that cocoon that is your police force and have a look around and take the blinkers off and see there's a there's a wider agenda out there than just you know law enforcement. It integrates more with community if you understand more about how it uh, intermeshes. You've only just retired in June 2022. How do you reflect on your career now? I had a great time. I love the people I work with. I love the job. You know, I'm very proud of Victoria Police. I think it's a great organisation. And uh, I just hope moving forward that it's learned some lessons out of the past few years. And uh, there's still a lot of good people in the organisation. In the uh, number of years I worked at ANSPAR, the Australian New Zealand Policing Advisory Agency, uh, I was able to see how all police forces operate around Australia and New Zealand. And uh, Australia, in Victoria, still, police has still got a lot going for it. But policing in general is not the same job as when I joined. It's a different job. It has different demands and it's certainly you know, a different toll on young people in the job these days. And I do feel for them. They're under so much scrutiny these days. But they need to be looked after. And I think some of the younger members too have a very different attitude, don't they, in terms of what they will do in the job? Yeah, well, the expectations are different. You know, It's generational. Uh, what we expected from the job in those days was a, a full-time career. It was our life. It's not necessarily so these days, and it's probably sometimes not a bad thing. I moved in and outside of Victoria Police five times, from being boarded out to coming back to working overseas and being brought back by the Chief Commissioner to do other jobs, you know, to coming back with the Australian New Zealand Policing Advisory Agency. So that was all an education, and it served me well. So anybody that needs to see policing as a profession shouldn't feel insecure by moving out and moving back in and getting other experience, I think it's a good thing. Was it hard to make that decision to retire, Larry? It was. You have to come to terms with your brain's not as active. Uh, you have to find other things to occupy yourself. And I'm still in that space where I could, don't quite know what I'm doing. Well, that's okay. That probably says a lot for all of us. How are you spending your time now? I mean, what happens to that part of you that wants to keep investigating and you know, analysing, does that ever stop? No, it doesn't, you know, and every now and then you get a phone call from others that might want to try and bring you back in getting getting involved in other areas of uh, law enforcement or public safety. I've looked to volunteer now. I've been doing mentoring for a number of years now and, uh, you know, I quite enjoyed that. So, you know, if I can continue mentoring uh, other people, whether they be police or otherwise, I quite enjoy that. Finally, Larry, well, what is next for you apart from mentoring? I'm not quite sure, Rochelle. I uh, bought a caravan. I tried that for six months. It didn't quite work out. And uh, now uh, I'm going to get involved in four-wheel driving. So I'm going to see how that goes and camping. And uh, we'll see how that works out.
Well, enjoy that. It sounds fantastic. And thank you very much, Larry, for sitting with me today on The Crime Couch. Thanks very much, Rochelle. I really appreciated the chat. Thanks for joining me. I'm Rochelle Jackson, and I look forward to your company next time on The Crime Couch. Mm-hmm.